everybody and welcome back to You Can't Win. This is Tom here and I'm joined by Don as usual. Today we have returning guest Goatstein and we are going to be talking about cruelty and cancel culture and uh, maybe go over the Derek Chauvin, George Floyd stuff a little bit too. Uh, but first, let's check in with Goat. How you doing, Goat? I'm good, I'm good. I've got uh, all vaxxed up. My uh, autism has hit a uh, stack overflow, so now I can't do math anymore, and I just love beer. So. <laughs> That's cool. You got the second one? Uh, I've not gotten the second one yet. Pretty soon uh, here in Massachusetts. Mm. What's up, baby? Yeah, we got the highest death rate of if it was an independent state. What's up? Oh, yeah. I heard that. Yeah. What's wow. going on with that? Do you, you know why that is? Uh, population density. Um, sure. The, the Irish, I blame, generally. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a... Living not in a those fu- big I'm tenements. Epi- I'm not a fucking epi- epidemiologist, but as always, I blame the Irish. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. my first shot uh, last week, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't. I felt fine, you know, no, uh, no weird symptoms or didn't feel ill or anything like that, but I guess it's the second one that really is supposed to do you. If you do get sick, I felt fine until I decided that I was a girl and that uh, I love <laughs> Bill Gates. But well, that might be unrelated. That's <laughs> that's legal now. That's that's Bi- uh, Biden's America. <laughs> Absolutely. Um. So what what type did you get? I got the I got the Pfizer first, and oh, that reminds me, I've got I got a lot of uh, responses to a uh, I got a mad decent uh five figure uh retweets of apparently uh less than a week from today is when goblinization happens which in Shadowrun occurs oh. on uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, April yeah. 30th 2021 uh where a about 10% of the population becomes orcs trolls or goblins and i get a bunch mm-hmm. of people who reminding yeah. me like uh is this the Pfizer slash uh <laughs> this is the Pfizer slash Johnson and Johnson discrepancy, and if so, I hope so because, you know, I would. Yeah. Obviously, all right. So, Tom, you're the only one I have to ask this. Would you prefer to be an orc, a troll, or a goblin? I know what Don's answer is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know all that much about the differences between the two: orc, troll, or goblin. Um, I feel like trolls are bigger. Yes. Orcs are, are really stupid. Goblins are also really stupid, right? Tro- I mean, they're all fairly low intelligence creatures, right? Yes. Trolls, goblins think, are smaller and more, uh, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Which seems more like that matches with my personality more, I think. But if I get to just choose, I feel like troll gives me the most, like, capability to kind of yeah. do what I want in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I, f- uh, I feel big, it. Big clubs, controlling bridges, you know. <laughs> Get the nice uh, yeah. So I'll go troll. Factor. Okay, yeah, I think we're all we're all trolls here. That's down. Speaking of which, I was yeah. thinking about uh, my original pitch for when I was coming on this show was to Don was that we should uh, do a word for word remake of an episode of Cometown. And obviously I would be Nick because I'm the most physically fit and the cruelest. But I was kind of wondering <laughs> which ones you guys think you would be. Because the way I – you can agree or disagree, but I was thinking maybe like 
Tom is like uh, Adam because of the uh, weird belief in a, a you know God, but not Jesus somehow. But maybe <laughs> uh, you have other opinions. Um. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, I, we got a question like a while back where someone said that I was like, I had the brain of Nick and the body of Adam. And that, uh, what did they say about you, Don, that you had the body of Stav and the brain of Adam? Something like that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's punishing, but okay. I don't know. Yeah, that's like the worst. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst combination you can get. <laughs> oh, well. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, so about Massachusetts again, like, was it was it big time lockdown? Like, like other states, like, did they did they enforce it pretty rigorously, or or was it one of those things where I feel like in rural Massachusetts or something something like that, they would be like, we're not we're not following those rules. I don't know. So that's my impression. I don't know. Well, the thing is, a lot of the uh, post left guys on the twitters have decided that, uh, you know the. Backing up the the all of no matter what state you're in, all of the uh, lockdown procedures were negligible and not sufficient. I would say so. Yes, Massachusetts was more um, locked down than say Florida, but if you look at like compared to Australia, New Zealand, China, Vietnam, it's all there was a there was a Chinese guy who was responding to uh, Chen Weiha, that guy uh, Chinese reporter who does the dunks. It's like, uh, yeah, you you criticize us for doing a genocide in on the Uyghurs, but meanwhile, seven hundred thousand of you are dying in the in the streets. Like, yeah, you got a point there, man. Sorry. Wait, 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 wait. China. I mean, whose fault is all this in the first? China doesn't get to throw mud around like that. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they did their best, honestly. It's not their fault we suck so goddamn They just bad. took some collateral damage on their bioweapon. I mean, <laughs> they don't get to gloat about us. Like, they launched an attack on American citizens. I mean, this is not... They don't get to blame us for this. This is like I mean, people blaming the Muslims for 9-11 when we all know what really happened there. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you, you say that it's collateral damage from their bioweapon. I would say that I would criticize them. Um, you're obviously praising them, so whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Is Wuhan, like that region, is that a, um, I I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about China, period, but so is that area like a wealthy area? Like, is it an area that is underdeveloped? Like, what's the, does anyone know? I don't know. I don't know. It's, It's a major city, though, so it's like. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it. I think it. The the origin they think is like well, if if it's from that region, whatever, then um, it would be, you know, it's like a wealthy area in within the region at least. So yeah, and know. it's yeah. China, like a major city in China is. I mean, like a minor town in China is like twice the size of Boston. So who knows? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I do just want to say real quick about the whole bioweapon thing. If it does turn, I know there's theories that like it, that this was actually originally like an American bioweapon and all that. If that turns out to be the case, then I'll kind of just adjust my perspective on this and say that it's really like a, a remarkable example of American ingenuity and how effective <laughs> we are, you know, at developing yeah. this kind of technology. So 
that's sure. one thing that I've been thinking about for a while is that uh, whether or not something is a conspiracy theory has a very large amount to do with who that theory indicts. Like if you if like if you want to say oh it's a Chinese bioweapon, I'm not saying one way or another. I believe either side, but if you want to say it's a Chinese bioweapon, that's something that is supported by. 60% of the American car, uh, Congress, whereas if you say it's an American bioweapon, then you're just a fucking crazy person, even though there's about the same amount of evidence for either side. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, the the I think the most likely, if it is some kind of bioweapon thing, uh, it, it seems like it was a joint kind of effort. Like, it was, it was made <laughs> yeah. by Americans and Chinese both. So, you know, when we it's come together, there's nothing baby. we can't sure. do. Yeah, yeah. presaging the future unity between the two countries, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so you wanted to talk a little bit about the George Floyd stuff? Yeah, so... Um, hey, ho- hold on. Before we get into that, let me just go pee real quick. Sorry, I just got <laughs> yeah, no problem. urge to pee. So sure. before we jump Jesus into Christ. Yeah. All right, so this is all going to get cut. So I, I'm going to uh, say right now... Uh, President assassination, ceramic gun. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, one. Uh, Operation Mongoose. Tom can't drink. <laughs> it's Ramadan, so Tom can't drink until like 9 p.m. or something or 8 p.m. or something. So I guess he he overdoes it. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, but uh, I don't know. He's got he's he's got to fast all day, which he, he I find that like, I don't know. Not being able to drink water during the day too would be, I don't know, very difficult for me. Yeah, that that part is kind of difficult. I I think I could probably go for like, I could go for like eight hours without eating. But yeah, I gotta yeah, gotta drink my damn water, man. Okay, I'm back. All right, are there Muslims who are like use the fake disability thing to get out of Ramadan, like on like all the Munchausen's Twitter people? (laughs) <laughs> um, there may be i don't know that's that's a funny idea i've i have never encountered that or heard of that but that's a funny idea uh, because there are there are exemptions like you don't have to necessarily fast if like you have medical issues or you know like if you have diabetes and you need shots and all that kind of stuff like that's that kind of exempts you from fasting did they just did they, they just add that uh as an option for all the black people <laughs> this is still being cut right uh, yeah, well, speaking of being cut, I, I mean, I said I had to go use the bathroom. I actually had to go scream into a pillow a few of my favorite words when I uh, was reminded of the travesty of injustice uh, that has just occurred. Which, so anyway, which injustice? Well, well, the the Derek Chauvin. Uh, All right. right. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, let's pause. Three, two, one. All right. So lead me back into Derek Chauvin. We're going to cut all the things where I said that were racist. Well, I kind of liked my joke. I think we're going to keep that. <laughs> all right, fine. So anyway, Derek Chauvin. Um, I don't really have too much to say about um, him specifically or George Floyd or that whole situation. But it did remind me of something, um, and this is very internet-brained, but, you know, experience is what it is. I first became aware of just how deep, uh, deeply entrenched racism was in America from internet forums about the killing of Trayvon Martin. Now, I I was not a naive. I knew that, you know, some people were racist and, you know, they were off somewhere and maybe the cops were racist. But 
a thing that really created a different um, concept of what American racial politics was for me was reading all these people who, um, when Trayvon Martin got killed, were they had no ability to empathize with the other side. It was all, they were all on the side of the, you know, crazy person who's chasing the kid down with his car, and nobody could even begin to uh, sympathize with the, you know, you're a kid, you're in an unfamiliar neighborhood at night, and, you know, some random weird car is chasing you, and who knows who started the fight that ended in him getting shot, but that is... Just the I just just the fact that nobody could even begin to see it from the other way was really the idea. Like, oh, these people are all psychos. These people are all deeply committed to the side of like, if a black guy is fucking me up, that means that I have the right to kill him, even if I was antagonizing him. And uh, the beginning of the film get out was uh, maybe that maybe that's changed the film the beginning of the film get out was that was from the perspective of that other side where it's like there's this random dude who's being followed by a random car at night and he's you know trying not to start shit and obviously it's not the same they're not trying to pull out his brain but that is that kind of speaks to the kind of horrifying idea behind it it's like you're just walking along you're minding your own business and somebody's just following you for no apparent reason, and if you, you know, try to defend yourself, if you try to, like, confront him, then you get blown away, and the system will accept that. Yeah, it's sort of like the kind of terror we all felt when the knockout game was going on, and we all kind of had to watch our backs. And stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as far as, uh, as far as Derek Chauvin goes, I mean, obviously there's not a lot, there's not a lot more to say there. I'm Glad it, I'm glad it went that way, and you see people on Twitter being like, oh, 46% of Republicans think it was, you know, the wrong decision. Like, yeah, that's actually pretty good, considering how fucking psycho those people are. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, yeah. I don't mean they're psycho because they're Republicans, and this is something I want to get into more. I feel like it's kind of that they have to be oppositional to that sort of thing, because what else do they have? Yeah, like uh, I, I feel like uh, they're psycho because they're Americans and Republicans. So I don't know. I feel <laughs> like uh, I'll take the other side on that one. I don't know. They, uh, it's a, you know, you have to smash the first world to smithereens and whatnot. Sure. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, these, <laughs> and. I actually feel like it's gotten a little bit better. Maybe it's just the crazy people online from the other side, but I feel like there have there has been a greater degree in, you know, accepting the fact that yeah, maybe the maybe the cops aren't aren't always right and cuz you have to think like even just 10 years ago, yeah, the the idea that a that a police officer could do something wrong and to the point that they need to go to jail for it was pretty much unheard of, even among the liberals. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, even this summer and stuff, like, there was, you know, a lot of people going like, look, this was a bad situation, but we shouldn't be rioting and all that kind of stuff, too. And, uh, 
um, in a way that made it seem like, I don't know, it, it, it did make it like a, almost like a turning point kind of thing, like where uh, you could you could see that it was building up to this maybe in some way. Although I don't know, I find it I find it kind of strange because we we put so much meaning into one result, and uh, I guess that's true to some extent. But uh, I don't know, like it's just uh, these things can go either way lots of the time, and uh, I don't know. We 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 kind of build narratives around these little moments that I don't know if like that actually plays into how the jury sees things, and you know, like the. It's as if the whole nation's watching and whatnot, and it's like okay, but um, I don't know. It's it's just uh, it, it's it's it seems more like a cultural pivot than like some thing that actually resolves down into like what's happening in the country at large. I don't know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird the way that like you're you're saying these trials kind of become like symbolic of things, and like whether he gets guilty or not guilty or whatever it, it's like that's like indicting racism like whether racism is good or bad or something and it, i think that's kind of i don't know a little bit dangerous to do that because a lot of time the public at large doesn't really have the the real facts you know it just becomes like the symbolic thing of like black guy killed by a cop in a, like a like a kind of brutal and unjustified way but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's like on trial that it's going to go the way that you want it to go. Right. It's not necessarily going to be the case that like, like the thing I'm not even saying like that out of like, Oh, well the whole system is, is kind of like biased against minorities and, and is going to defend the cops like more often than not and all that kind of stuff. I just mean like sometimes these cases are not really the strongest cases. I think this one, it seemed pretty cut and dry, but, Sometimes it's not, and it can still be like a really tragic and unfortunate situation. And it, just because that one trial doesn't go the the way that it should go, you know, quote unquote, for um, in, in like that symbolic sense, I don't, I don't know. It, that's I just don't think that's like the best thing to like hang all your like to get too invested in that, you know, because like well, yeah. it doesn't even really ultimately result in systemic change or anything like that oh well, yeah I but i mean on the other hand what else you got right <laughs> yeah no i can understand that too yeah for sure like, yeah yeah we've got we've got uh biden and we've got kamala and apparently they've i don't know i i follow this stuff more than i should and people are saying they've done a really good job and I mean, the vaccine rollout has been good, although I have I have no reason to believe that has anything to do with Biden. But yeah, it's like they're just going to they're just going to keep running this crap the same way it has been forever, and we're just going to wait for the uh, sun to explode and take us all. <laughs> yeah, I actually haven't been too disappointed with Biden. I I think I've just decided I just like presidents. Whoever our president is, I'm happy. I support him. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. all doing a good job. It's a it's a tough job, you know. Sure, I wanted to get back to the sort of the, like you're talking about, like that kind of that you saw the a lot of the not being able to t to see the other side, and you know some of the very harsh uh, attitudes people have towards um, you know the victims and things like that too, um, and uh, it, it reminded me of that you've sort of. Uh, re-encountered um some of the stuff going on 
in uh, Goons and Platoons. And uh, I yes. thought maybe <laughs> I thought maybe we could talk about that for a minute. Um, yeah, you know, that was it, the classic subforum and something awful that was all about uh, members of the forum who were vets or or somehow related to the armed forces. That was that was a great forum. I recently uh, Don also recently got unbanned from something awful. I've been intermittently going back there. Yeah, the audience, we're going to talk about forums here, so fucking take out your dicks. But the <laughs> the thing that I, the thing that I was that always struck me about uh, goons and platoons was that it was a uh, it was a containment strategy. It was a way to keep all of the most rage-addled psychos um, out of you know they they could talk about the pets, they could talk about science fiction, they could talk about books, they could talk about politics, but they were all clustered in a certain area where like nobody had to listen to dead towel head jokes while they were talking about, you know, their, their new puppy. Um, and guns and platoons is not even, this is something I've learned over the, over the years. This is not something that is, uh, special or even, uh, anomalous. Pretty much any, uh, forum or, place on the internet to discuss uh, the military or the police is like goons and platoons. It's all a bunch of dumb psychos who exist to back each other up and if they're leftist in any way, and that's that's a thing that has always bugged me, if they're leftist it's they're leftist because they didn't get enough pills to make their victims' screams go away entirely. How unfair (laughs) that is for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I I hate the whole leftist troop like uh archetype or whatever. That that kind of Like we've me. talked on this show many times and I don't want to keep going back to it. We've talked on the show many times about uh Lee Carter, the ginger dipshit troop, and I don't want to keep going back to him because you know, he's fine as far as those things go, but when it comes to being a leftist troop, it really is just like, you know, me and my friends, we went to Iraq we, you know, did terrible things, and then when we came back, they didn't give us enough free health care forever. Right. And, yeah. you know, if you're a nice person and a socialist, you want to say, yeah, maybe we should take care of these fucking vicious dogs forever, because, you know, we put them there. <laughs> yeah. But, as far as me, and a person who uh, is, uh, how do I phrase this, not sympathetic to them I feel like it's like yeah well you know you're the Joker's minions fuck you how dare you think that you have any claim to anything right yeah well it just it blew me away that uh, it seems that like the forum is still in its like I remember from I don't know when it started maybe like 2004 2005 or something maybe a bit later but like uh, it still seems to be from what you showed me um pretty similar to what it was 10, 15 years ago or something. So, um, that's that's another interesting thing about, uh, about troops is, um, and their internet presences is that either due to stupidity or due to, uh, you know, being deployed or whatever, their memes are five to 10 years behind the rest of us. So, they are still doing I can't has cheeseburger in like 2018. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but it is 
the case that that is what's going on. Goons mm-hmm. in general also seem to be a little bit behind the times. It's kind of like they were ahead for a little. It reminds me of like aging rock bands, like from like the nineties or the eighties or something like that. Like they kind of had a thing going for a while and they just can't get past it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I started to feel like that the other day. Someone said that, uh, uh, someone replied to me the other day saying that I'm easing into my boomer mindset, uh, years on Twitter and stuff, because I posted that, uh, I thought I, I would find it, I said, I said, I don't know if I'm ever not going to find it weird to say pregnant people instead of pregnant women. Like, that's just my, like, I, just because I've, I'm like old enough that like, that just seems strange to me to say as a thing. And, uh, you know, not even like, not, not trying to use that as like a wedge against the concept or whatever. It just, just as like a thing. And people are like, oh yeah, you're, you're on your way out now because, uh, you're, you're past, you know, you're going to, within a few years, you're going to be you know, these kids these days kind of stuff. So, um, I don't know. So <laughs> Is that the I new feel thing like you have to do. Well, I, I mean, I there was a bunch. This. Yeah. Because uh, there was like, uh, a, a few articles came out that in Ontario that like pregnant, uh, people are allowed now to get the vaccine and they were all, uh, carefully written so that like, it didn't assume that pregnant people are women. And, uh, I was like, man, that's, that's new to me kind of thing or something like, that. like that's kind of, that's a, uh, it's not, I'm not even saying it's bad. It's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's new to me. I don't know. So it's like, uh, I, that is kind of like a thing of like, I don't know, maybe, maybe the people on the essay that were ahead of the curve for a bit are now, you know, it's not our time anymore. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Sure. The hated zoomers. Yeah. Um, you, you had some stuff about that, about like, uh, cancel culture or something like that, or cruelty that you maybe wanted to get into. Um, yeah. So, um, getting, getting back to that, the, so there was reason, uh, this is about a month ago. There was the trailer for, uh, Cruella, the new Disney movie about Cruella DeVille by, uh, sorry, Emma Stone. Yeah, there's too many goddamn Emmas. The point is, is that they were trying to rehabilitate this character who is known for just wanting to butcher puppies to make a suit. And if you go back and look at it, the original Cruella de Vil was a uh, criticism of the fur industry. So how how and why are they going to make this uh, new character uh, the protagonist? And... Essentially, she is just Lady Joker. She is a character yeah. who is um, beyond good and evil. She is a character who is... Um, she says, you know, I am woman, hear me roar. She's got that girl boss energy. But it's all about... Um, the the power fantasy there is about being above the normies being able to cancel you. And I'd like to go in more into more into that about why that is such a um, powerful uh, ascension, and why I, th- I feel like that's something that uh, Donald Trump really tied into. So the thing about Donald Trump that I have always that I always thought um, 
resonated with his fan base and even people who didn't like him was that Donald Trump is the freest man who ever lived. Um, Nietzsche talks about <laughs> um, the last man, the man who is above shame. And he's, you know, Nietzsche thinks that that's the lowest man. But I feel like it's like also the uh, the Ubermensch, the man who is beyond good and evil. Not in any metaphysical sense, but in the sense that, like, he's above all consequences. You can't cancel him. Um, if you yell at him, he just does insult comedy at you. There's nothing that they can do about it. And that is an aspirational um, kind of idea to the people who like Donald Trump, is that, like uh, like Corella DeVille, he, can't, uh, he can do whatever he wants. And to people who feel constrained by society's pressures, and I feel like they should be constrained by society's pressures, generally speaking, but they don't feel that way. I feel like that's an aspirational kind of idea to them, where, you know, I may be, I'm a bastard, but I can, you know, you can't tell me what to do. The kind of toddler oppositional defiant disorder. And I feel like that's been in a lot of pop culture recently. The Joker is the same kind of thing for incel men. Um, and the uh, Corella is that for girl boss young women who want, you know, the normies don't understand how cool I am and I can do whatever I want because I have, you know, this genius behind me about cutting up puppies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, he was so cool, man. I miss him so much. <laughs> yeah. Trump, yeah, he was... I... <laughs> Trump was the uh, the only funny Republican, and it, that power was so strong that it made him president. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all we all miss him. Biden's funny, but he's funny in a way that like you kind of feel bad about, <laughs> like when you see like a dude uh, working at Subway who can't, you know, move his hands correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like that's that's the thing about about cruelty and the way that our society works. I feel like the underlying idea is that um, in order to be free, you have to be cruel. You have to be able to um, be beyond the the cancellation. To be beyond the idea that you know the opinions or the feelings of other people uh, matter to me, and therefore I am free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like you almost you can't express your freedom unless it is that, you know, you're you're freely sort of abusing somebody else, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reminds me of like uh, gangster movie kind of stuff or like gangster TV shows. Sure. Like stuff like around like, you know, you're you can you have some sort of strange internal code that matters to you about certain things, but then you're allowed to kind of do whatever you want on top of that. Um and, uh, you know, it, it basically, and then, uh, it, yeah, like you, you are sort of free from the constraints of people around you to, uh, you can be ruthless in a way that, I don't know. I feel like maybe that even plays into some of the stuff you see on the left wing about like being like Stalin is epic and stuff like that or something like Stalin as the guy that can't be canceled kind of thing, you know, or like all of the, a lot of the different political stuff um where 
people lean into the fact that, you know, I think that there's like a recuperation thing where people look at people who are reviled by society or something and then go, uh, you know, actually they did a lot of good in their own way and had their own rules that they lived by and all that and stuff. And the, the, the strange thing to me though, is that it, you go so far down that road, uh, that you end up internalizing that as if it's like true. <laughs> I don't know, like to, to such a degree that like, I don't know, it gets weird or something. Um, I noticed this the other day when, you know, to sort of tie it with the other stuff too, is that where with like the socialist rifle association or something has like 10,000 members now or something. And, uh, paid members and they they all like if you look through their like photos uh on twitter and stuff of the different groups and stuff it's just almost every picture is just like something like a soviet flag with like three or four guns on top of it and then a few books or something and uh it, i don't know it feels almost like it's it's like okay because gun culture is uh reviled by a lot of liberals therefore we are and communism is reviled by, uh, you know, a lot of far right people. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> then we can patchwork together this new ideology where it's like actually guns are really cool and we should stockpile them, but it's because for epic leftist purposes or something like that. So I don't know. I feel like that that kind of like tailoring together and trying to be like badass or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's like being trying to be like epic or something. I think that's why a lot of the Trump people were really big into like the memes and stuff early on and stuff. It's cause like, you know, it's trying to be like, you know, on the libs kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. There's a weird thing that goes on with, with like these kind of memes and stuff like, uh, the, the style of those pictures with the guns and stuff is obviously taking cues from the way that, like troops or right wing like militia sympathetic type folk would do like with American flag or don't tread on me flag and their guns on top of that. And, and you know, that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know. It's just weird. Like you, you see this kind of go back and forth. Like the left will sort of like look for fuel to kind of make themselves more badass by adopting stuff that the right wing has done. And the right wing will adopt stuff from the left. Like I think the whole, like Pepe jokester Trump type stuff. A lot of that kind of was adopted off of, uh, I don't know, like the general internet culture around that, which was maybe not, maybe not left wing exactly, but it was, um, definitely wasn't like a right wing thing. You know, like a lot of weird Twitter people who were kind of pioneering that kind of humor were probably more left than right, I guess. Mm-hmm. That whole thing with like, if we have we have guns, ah, look at me, uh, I've got a gun. Are are you triggered? It's like, motherfucker, if you are a communist and you're posting pictures of just yourself with guns, you're just giving the CIA the information they need for you. If you believe what you actually believe, like any day now, they're gonna fuck you up. Like, but it's not about that. It's about you know showing off like the, just today there was a thing on twitter about uh, you know the completely made up idea that joe biden's going to restrict you to four pounds of ground beef a year or something and all the people are posting pictures of their you know epic steaks and it's just yeah, it's yeah. just it's just showing off but at the same time being like oh i bet if you know it's not just it's not just a thread like hey post the most recent steak you had it's also got the um the additional 
Where's what's the word I'm looking for? The additional uh, impetus of being like, ah, oh, yeah, if the libs saw me post my sweet new uh, grill, they would be upset. And that's the same kind of thing. It's like, you can't cancel me. I'm going to kill all the cows I want. There's nothing you can do about it, bitch. That same kind of thing where, like, yeah. the only representation of freedom is just being cruel and, like, being performatively cruel, the idea that mm-hmm. like you can, I can do whatever I want. There's nothing you can do to stop me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I mean, even those food pictures, like posting your fancy meal or something, is like. Remember when people used to when Obama was in office and they made fun of him for like eating kale and stuff like that? Uh, like food culture is sort of like a lib sort of a thing, and. I don't know. There's just like this weird borrowing from each side. And I think you're absolutely right that like uh, you're, you're expressing freedom by being cruel to the other side, but it's just weird that the two sides, it's like, uh, it's like they're playing a game, you know, they're like, they staked out their sides and it's uh, you're, you're racking up points or something in your mind. Like you're, you're winning over your, I don't know if you, if it's even like trying to advance the political goals. It just feels like zero sum or something. So as long as the other side hurts, then you are gaining because uh, that's the easier thing to do than to actually like achieve something to work towards something. That's something that I've thought I've thought a lot about about uh, what is politics anymore, and this is good for you can win. It's like if you're in politics, you can't. If you're interested in politics, you can't change anything. This is all... The die is cast. There's nothing you can do about it. What you can do is you can make a career out of talking about politics. And what right. you can do by that is say is um, accuse everyone else of being a sellout, or you can accuse everyone else of being um, a suppressive person. It's like, oh, you you have too much SJW shit. You have too much woke shit. If you really want to, if you, that's what Freddie DeBoer, uh, who I generally like, but that's something that he's been on a big tip about recently, is like, oh, what have you accomplished? Like, okay, generally speaking, I would say it's an, a not relevant uh, criticism to say, what have you accomplished? Because nobody's accomplished anything. But if that's your criticism, then what have you accomplished, motherfucker? And the answer is, he went to the crazy house. So, what is the... <laughs> like, if it's... If it if you're going to criticize other people for having the incorrect politics, it seems to me that the reason you're doing that is that you're trying to build a, a brand in opposition to the people who you are... Um, mad about, and not that you're trying to accomplish anything, because you can't accomplish anything. There is no way that the... that politics will be moved by your opinions. You're just staking out a position that will get you money. Right. And you're... you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, like this idea of, like, the herbal left, where it's like a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme or something, where you're just siphoning people's energy that like are they care about this they want to like donate to support it and what you end up donating to are these people that are just going to say the things that you agree with but that's as far as it goes you know you're just like promoting some media brand or something you know Mm -hmm. and it's like i mean even if these people even if you do agree with those people even if you think those people are good and have the best intentions 
there's a disconnect there between like, all right, this person has the right ideas and I believe in them and they're smart and good and I like them, but how's that going to do anything? And the answer is it's not going to because we know how politics works. Politics works by you have a lot of money and you bribe a series of increasingly stupid representatives until you get the one that you want. And nobody wants to accept that. They think if you just yell enough about on Twitter about like uh, cancel culture or anti-cancel culture or whatever, then it, you're going to get what you want. But in reality, it's just that person is trying to build their own brand. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's just a, it, it's a really bad situation where the closer you can get to actually achieving things, the narrower the possibilities get, you know? So when you actually have some influence over, over like the levers of power, what you can do is like very, very, I mean, probably not even good things, but it can just like, you can push a little bit in one direction at the expense of like the costs are so high that you end up doing damage to your overall goal. Like if you have some goal for socialism or something like, oh, well, we can get, you know, let's say some sort of healthcare reform or something. But actually what it means is like everyone has to pay health insurance. That's like a scam and doesn't get you anything. Right. It's, you know, it ends up like being used as an excuse to cut other things and stuff. So it's just like a lose, 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 lose type of situation. I'm not even necessarily talking about, I mean, I agree with what you just said, but I'm not even necessarily talking about, like, people who have their hands on levels levels of power. I'm talking about, um, like, Matt Iglesias. Like, he's got a job forever where his job is, like, saying, oh, this, uh, what the Democratic Party wants is the only thing you can have, and that's essentially the best job you can get is just, you can either have a job yelling at the Democratic Party, or you can have a job defending them and we know which one pays more and nothing is going to change because that's all that we have we have either yelling at them or defending them and yelling at each other well which one does pay more do you think i don't really know if i know which one that is matt iglesias makes like thirty thousand dollars a month off substack from fucking weird nerds who have disgustingly shaped skulls who want to talk and want to read about, like, municipal bus policy. So, yeah, I'm sure he, he makes more money than even, like, you know, Chapo or somebody else who's fairly caked up on the left. So, yeah, he's got a career okay. for life being a piss boy for the Democratic Party. Yeah, I guess there's probably more cash floating around the right-wing circuit. Like, you have your your foundations and your think tanks and stuff and you know obviously like a lot of rich people are more interested in promoting right wing kind of especially economic ideas than uh anything left wing i guess so right yeah no i mean there's there's more money on the on the right but i was i was kind of comparing the liberal position versus the left wing position and who has more money there mm-hmm. obviously the obviously mm-hmm. the right has been funneling you know hundreds of thousands of dollars a year since the 50s into a series of bow tie dipshits who never did anything. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Th- yeah. that's almost be- beside the point. Yeah. And also I into think... podcasts. Thank you, Peter Thiel, for uh, supporting <laughs> yeah. us. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, I-, I would say I'm maybe one step less cynical than you two on this, maybe, where I, I feel like you can have 
uh, an effect, uh, but it's like such a small effect as an individual that it's more just, you know, looking at what the trends are and kind of whether or not you like them or not, uh, you know, uh, is, is more like a hobby kind of thing, right? Like, it's like, you're just, you're just watching these mega trends that are flowing around society and, you know, the, the possibility of being one of the people that actually influences that in like the inflection points is, uh, so low that it's basically like winning the lottery or something. And, you know, there are, there is maybe like some, you know, playing around money or something where you can influence small things here and there yourself if you put a lot of energy into it, but it's just the same as anything else. Like, you know, you could, you, most people that try to start a business or something and try to do well with that, uh, are not going to do well, or they'll just kind of get by or something. The chances of becoming a billionaire from it are pretty small, but it's sort of like that with politics too, where it's like, you know, you can put all your energy into it and you can be an important person in that, but you got to just look at the statistics and probability of it, I guess, at some extent, like, it's like, you know, you can, you can, you can be involved, but like the idea that like tweeting about it is going to be the difference or something, uh, or writing articles or anything like that. I think that, I, I think that's one reason why I find it hard to write anything that's like more serious sometimes, because I still haven't wrapped around my, my head around the idea that like it matters to some extent kind of thing, you know, like I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I think that's, I think that's my general take on that is that it's, it's pretty close to being as cynical, but I feel like, uh, if you treat it as like either just like a job you're doing or something, like you're just a person that does that, then I think that's fine. But like, if you're treating it as uh, okay, gang, here's what we're going to do. Then you're like, okay, well, no, you're not going to. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that sign outside of fortune tellers that I am constantly reminded of uh, that just says for entertainment purposes only. And that's kind of how yeah. I approach politics now. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think if you want to make change, like you want to improve the world, like you can do that, but it just means you have to be realistic about your, your ability to do that. Like it's just, it's just not happening that you can uh, change the lives of every American exactly the way you'd want it to be. You know, what you can do is like help out in your community in some way. And that's not as glorious. It doesn't maybe feel as good. It takes a lot of effort. It's pretty thankless. Um, and the people that do that kind of stuff, God bless them. You know, that's that's not me. I'm I'm just you know talking shit <laughs> yeah. on this podcast. That's what I do. But uh, you know, there are people that do improve the world around them, and they have less of like a. In general, I think they have less of these like high-minded political aims, and more of just like they see some suffering and they do what they can to alleviate the suffering. And it that's it ends there. And I I, I don't know. I think that's good. Like for that I disagree. That's bad. Like that's a. <laughs> I mean, like that's a healthy attitude yeah when you were talking about organizers and I don't honestly disagree with what you said one of the uh, one of the great coups of the of marketing from the last 10 years is um, the rebranding of party apparatchik with organizer like you see so many people who have like the words organizer and their bios online and it's like who are you organizing oh you're just a uh, paid consultant for the Democratic Party or Barack Obama's fake job before he became elected where it's like or before he yeah before he became state senator he's like I'm a community organizer and you know 
people, right wingers, yeah, who criticized me at the time, and they were right and I was wrong. They're like, what the what the hell is a community organizer? And like, uh, it means he's you know organizing his community. No, you were right. He wasn't doing shit. He was just kind of sitting in a holding pattern until they had a job for him. Yeah, organizers, it's like that Japanese lady that tells you to throw stuff out if it doesn't bring you joy. That's what that is, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, huge bomb. Okay. No, no, I'm sorry. My <laughs> microphone was actually off because I... Oh, so you, you were you laughing can, hysterically, you can edit right? You, you can edit it out, yes. I was I was laughing at your joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I... Oh, another thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, do you guys remember the first time you were on forums when you're talking about? Like just in general? Yeah. The first time I got on a forum? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was in high school. What was, uh, what was your experience there? Um, my first, the first forum that I signed up for was a, uh, baseball computer game forum. And my first post was a all caps post. Now, mind you, I was like 13 or 14 at the time, but I was really pissed at how uh, one player in the game was was just like way overpowered and it was just completely unrealistic. Like this guy would bat like 400 every season when in reality he would bat like 220 and was like this utility infielder guy. And uh, so it was like a just a rant about that. Did you get some people told me to calm down? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the first forum, actual forum, I registered for was uh, two thousand. Like, so it was was probably something awful, and it was like uh, my registration date on that forum was September 9th, two thousand and one. Uh, and we've talked about this before, but like, uh, I was like thinking of getting into sort of like foreign policy uh intelligence kind of stuff or whatever like i thought that'd be so cool and uh i think that like my first day of school or something like that for a foreign like a um, foreign affairs like a second year course in politics about foreign affairs was like september 10th or something like that you know and then uh um so that was my introduction to the something awful forum um, and it was still free then. I didn't, I, I mean, I, I ended up dumping a lot of money into accounts later, but it was like, uh, this was just before they, they, it was also just before they, it became like really big political forum for, uh, up, up until that point, it was mostly like flash games or something like that kind of stuff. Like really like, uh, epic, you know, uh, the robot pushing people down the stairs kind of jokes and all that kind of stuff. So, right. um, uh, I don't know. That was my introduction. How about you? Well, my question is, like, what is the newer generation going to be? What is their first, like, online experience going to be? Because, like, I, you asked me mine. Just briefly, mine was on the fucked company forums, and I was, like, 15, 16, obviously way too young for those sorts of things. But I, I learned a lot. I, Joe Biden voice. I learned a lot! And <laughs> the... But the, the, the reason why I brought that up yeah. was like, what was uh, the, what is the, the Zoomer or the, the post-Zoomer, my, my kids, what is their first idea about what it is to be online? And I feel like it's going to be um, just 
YouTube maniacs, streamers, and I feel like in yeah. our in, back in my day, we at least had the idea that these people that this was not serious. These people were all maniacs, and we should have fun, but not necessarily care about anything they did or said or who they are. And that's that's kind of the question I was going to posit to mm-hmm. you guys is like, how is that going to affect? the next generation where they actually care about these people. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just kind of part of the social fabric now. Like it's just part of a normal social life, you know, for, for us, it was this like almost shameful thing. Like you were embarrassed. You would never admit it that you had like, uh, you know, someone online that was like your friend, like you would have to explain that to somebody. And that was like a painfully embarrassing thing to explain like yeah this is someone that i talked to on my computer i don't know who they are but they're they're pretty cool they showed me this like thing you can do in doom you know you get all the weapons or whatever like now it's just all your friends have social media Uh, it seems like it's a big part of uh just regular social life i think it's more similar to maybe the way things like uh, MTV and just stuff like that was for us. It was just, it's just like TV stuff, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. that was just a normal thing. I think that's what the internet's like now. Yeah, I think that's true. I think that also uh, there's, there's something about like, I, I don't know. I think there's something about our experience too, where um, it, it felt like most of the people that we were talking to, uh, didn't fit in in some way kind of thing too like it wasn't just that it was weird that you were talking to someone on the on the computer it was also that like at least for me most of the people that i ended up talking to a lot were people that like either had like a lot of problems or something or whatever or like were there were people that like kind of found each other in different ways that uh now i feel like it's more just uh everyone is online so it's just uh um i don't know if that sort of strange kind of thing where I don't know. I feel like a lot of the absurdity and stuff um, gets packaged into just the mainstream kind of products now or something like that. Like, you know, if you're you're on TikTok or something like that, a lot of it is just absurd content and stuff. But it's made by people who are really, really aggressively trying to cultivate absurd content or something like that for well, I, strange I, branding I, purposes not- or something. You, you went a different way than I, what I thought you were going to go to. When it comes to the TikTok people, I find they're totally sincere, which is weird. I feel like if you're, like, making a, uh, you know, a goat cheese ice cream cannoli made out of, uh, you know, string cheese online, I feel like those people are completely serious about it. And that's what's that's what's weird to me, is not that they're being yeah. ironic. It's that they're, they're the new, these, these kids these days, they don't realize the shame as you were saying Mm-hmm. maybe i don't know we were just talking to lex the other week and uh his kid is like like he said that he talks in youtube stuff like like and subscribe sort of you know like, like it's just how they talk you know well i mean i guess that's what you're saying it's like sincere but yeah i don't no know country it's, for it's... old men <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I, I, I always, um, you know, people get concerned about this kind of stuff, but I, I guess I have a little bit of faith in people to be able to like figure it out a little bit and like see through it. Like maybe not at large, like maybe the culture at large 
gets weird about it and stuff but i think like individually like you can trust people who are intelligent or just like have uh want more out of life than that to kind of like figure out ways to negotiate it yeah in ways that are you know that, that they'll they'll figure it out like we figured out that you don't have to be like a, a neck beard living in your mom's basement collecting uh like anime figurines or whatever you you can use the internet to uh make fun of those people <laughs> wait say what <laughs> yeah a lot <laughs> i haven't really moved beyond that yet but one day i don't know yeah well you know it's a it's a it's a journey for everybody but you, you get what i'm saying right like there's the there's the the mass culture that builds up around it but then there's like this counterculture thing too where people are like well th- there's all this weird stuff about it there's this stuff i don't like and then they'll kind of find ways to to, to push back and to make something else out of it too, you know, mm-hmm. Word. which can be good or bad. I mean, it can, it can be a bad thing too. Like the, I think uh, the alt right, for example, is an example of people doing that in a way that I don't know, at least the two of you probably disagree with. <laughs> you, you don't disagree with it. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, the alt right, the alt right uh, grew out of that same kind of uh, culture that we did where it, I mean, you get a point there, Tom, where it's like they took irony to an extreme level and that's the, they drove themselves insane from it. Where it's like, ah, I'm going to pretend to be a Nazi to piss off the normies and then you just go so far that you're like, oh yeah, well, I'm actually a Nazi now. Yeah, well, their, their big like flaw was that they hung all their hopes on like an actual politician and stuff, which is like the worst move you can make. Like you have to be deeply cynical about everything to really succeed in the irony game. I think. Hence, why uh, you know us old farts are kicking around still. I guess, <laughs> doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never stop posting. Sure. Yeah. Put it on like fucking gravestone. Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. Let's do some questions. Um, we'll start with this one. Hey guys, I am a drunk, drugged, washed up, has been that really wasn't. I was a warrior. I won the war I fought, but now I am washed up. I like my shitty self-destructive lifestyle, but now I've got a job being a chief warrior and have to stop doing so much coke and tequila. Should I stop doing so much coke and tequila? Uh, What war are you talking about, sir? I know he can't respond, but uh, that is important to me. Um, sure. Yeah, I'm assuming it's some kind of, uh, you know, the greater jihad, the struggle against the self, will be charitable here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's gotten you this far, so uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I feel like uh, if you're asking, you want a way out. I don't know. If you're asking, you're looking for a reason to maybe take it a bit easier. I don't know. And, uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to say, Hunter Biden, go on You Can't Win podcast. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that we want you to have, like, some level of problems or else you're not going to keep listening to the show or something, right? Like, we don't we don't want you to get so good that you uh, don't, you feel like you are winning. We want, well, we want you to kind of, with all yeah. due respect, I don't know. The the way that was written, I don't know if we're in much danger. <laughs> sure. Okay. Of that, that happening. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, I don't know if, if you uh, if you can't quit and you become a Muslim, then all the other Muslims will beat you with a shoe when they find out you're drunk, if they're following the Hadith and stuff. So that that could help. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Yeah. Does it specifically say a shoe, or can they beat you with whatever? That was a thing that happened, and Muslims like to emulate exactly the way things were back in the seventh century. So. That that might be a thing that happens, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Have some investment advice for Tom since he wants to get into day trading. Put everything you have on Bitcoin and let it ride. One step ahead of you, bud. And I'm crying right now because uh, Bitcoin dropped like 20% in the past few days. Yeah. I um, On that topic, I had something to say. Um, I listened to goons and uh, the general internet. 10 years ago about Bitcoin and now I'm not rich. So never listen to goons. Yeah. that That's kind of <laughs> what my lesson was is like anything that comes around that seems really stupid is probably worth investing in. That's kind of like my, <laughs> my impression yeah. is that like my gut instincts about these things are completely wrong. When I think something is like, Oh, that's ridiculous. What a waste of money. Nope. That's what's going to blow up in 10 years. So put all of your life savings into it. Yeah, it, it is funny. I was looking at old posts uh, on, uh, it was like goons.text, whatever, on uh, Twitter. And I looked at some of the Bitcoin ones, and it's people being like, you know, uh, a lot of them are like the ones that were picked to me make fun of are people being like, Bitcoin's going to be a big thing in the future and stuff like that kind of thing. And it's like, oh man, yeah. I don't know. Like, or like the actual prices at the different times kind of thing. Like one guy being like, Bitcoin's going to go to $10,000 or something. And now it's at mm-hmm. like 60000 or something or 40000 or whatever it is. I don't know. And It's uh, 52300 right now. I'm, I've been watching the charts this whole time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a friend, IRL, who is the worst of both worlds because he was way into Bitcoin when, uh, 10 years ago. But he tried to use it like as a currency to buy stuff. So he he like he had Bitcoin, but he all he used it like buy pizza and like uh, DVDs. Yeah. So he spent like or like weed. So he spent like forty thousand dollars on an eighth. So yeah, that's the thing about this stuff. The people that get really into like the utopian kind of dream about it just use it that's like the worst way to do this is like something that you buy and you just don't touch and then it ends up being worth tons of money for some reason later and then you can get actual money from it you know you cash it out into dollars which like have real use beyond pizza and weed Mm -hmm. well i mean although maybe you end up just spending (laughs) the dollars on pizza and weed anyway so i don't know uh, all right, ethical question for Don. A trolley is coming down the tracks. On one set of tracks is Gal Gadot, and on the other is the Pope. You can control which track the trolley ends up on. Whom do you save and whom do you kill? Hmm. Um, I feel like the Pope would want me to sacrifice his life. You know, mm-hmm. he'd be like, may, you know, if we can save her life, then... You know, he would kind of like, and, and so I'm going to kind of say, okay, he, he would want that. And, uh, uh, I feel like, uh, Gal Gadot has like so much stuff left to do in this life. Well, like she the Pope's is much like, younger. yeah. So, um, she has a lot left to give us in terms of performances. 
and probably more followers ugh. on Twitter and TikTok and stuff. Ooh, too. I'm gonna have to check that. That's a good question. Um, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like yeah, that's that's the thing, and uh, I, yeah, that seems the most appropriate. Or I mean, maybe I could uh, choose to make the train go over myself instead somehow, um, so that both of them could keep. <laughs> You know, so that the guy that's like 86 years old or whatever can uh, live out the rest of his life. Yeah, and then he gets so excited he gets a heart attack and dies after yeah. he's like, oh, <laughs> Curse of the Magi. Um, the the uh, question is, though, the Pope is a much better actor. So does that it, Kean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's let's do this one here. First and foremost, all praises due to Allah and blessings be upon his messenger, his family, and companions. Someone did that right for once. That's the correct way to do that. Um, my question is, are you guys Don, Donald, and Tom, Tomald, a gay couple? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to plead the fifth, but I will not confirm or deny what Goat has just said. Well, that's an interesting oh, okay. question. If, yeah. like, if going back to um, going back to slash fiction, what would be your um, your slash name? Like, they have, you know, uh, Buffy and Angel would be like Bangel. Would you be Tomold or would you be uh, Don Sl- Slim? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tomold, I guess, is is the one that makes sense to me. Otherwise. Like, if you're going to go with Don and Tom, there's not much to do there. Like, Ton yeah. or Dom. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, like, Get Finland or something or something like that. Oh, Get Finland's pretty good. Yeah. Baby Fiscal. Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, there's punch a lot out of here, guys. I'm getting too horny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A lot of people asking about Adam Curtis. Uh, we are planning to do a d- episode discussing Adam Curtis and the new documentary at some point. Maybe it might be a premium episode though. Uh, but it's just long, man. Like I've watched three yeah. parts of it and I've already, I'm like, okay, I get it. Blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah. So I don't know. You can already kind of see what my opinion about it is, but, uh, yeah, we will, we will do an episode about it at some point. Yeah. I mean, especially like I watched the first two or so of them, I think. And all of it was stuff that I am, well, most of it at least was like stuff that I'm very interested in, in general kind of thing, you know, like about the cultural revolution and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll do it eventually, but it is also kind of, yeah, it is, it's hard for me to just, it, it feels like homework or something at this point kind of thing where I'm like, I'm going to have to sit down and slog through the rest of this or something kind of thing. So I don't know. I feel like that with most media now. So, um, except for like maybe podcast my friends make or something, but like, Anything else is like I'm gonna sit, strap in and watch like, you know, hours of this stuff. I don't know. It just feels like I would rather uh, be retweeting old goon tweets about Bitcoin or something. So yeah. Hey, if you want to just say like, yeah, we watched enough and do an episode about it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> that's, that's six hours <laughs> of my life. See. I can. <laughs> I can <laughs> okay, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, all right. Is it more virtuous to tell a panhandler? I'm so sorry from the bottom of my heart. I cannot spare a dime. Go with God, brother. Or to pelt him with wads of 20s while yelling, ha 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 ha, fuck you, stinking bum. Go rent a fucking apartment, clean up, and get a goddamn job, shitface. 
Hmm. So it's I, an interesting question. Yeah, I think the story uh, um, is in the Bible, so uh, in, including <laughs> that language. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I feel like uh, I guess I guess is the first one not true? Is it like you don't you do have money, but you can give them? Is that like an add a wrinkle to it? I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, the other thing is like panhandlers are all fake they're all fakers they're all just trying to trick you out of money you know so mm -hmm. i do love that that's that's one of my favorite white people myths is like all the panhandlers actually make like two hundred thousand dollars a year yeah they all drive ferraris mm -hmm. sounds dope honestly i should be a panhandler um my my opinion on this is that um do whatever jesus would not do the old reverse mm. Jesus, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I would say go with your gut. That's that's what I would say. Yeah, I'd just do the first one. When Tom gets arrested and sent to Guantanamo Bay, will Leo replace him? That's up to you, Don, obviously. <laughs> yeah. How is um, Leo? Leo is uh, one of our regulars who has been a been busy lately so hasn't been able to come on uh, he used to be on fiad you may know him i don't know i don't want to dox his old names i don't think he wants that but i can tell you after the fiad poster is a degenerate version of the held up poster i could defeat him in single combat easily <laughs> oh yeah you were never a fiad guy huh no i was a held up and uh lf guy the fiads mm. were anathema to me Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't know uh i feel like leo is eventually going to be starting up his own thing um so right, maybe maybe, yeah. maybe i would join their podcast or something no, yeah i'd just be like a ronin kind of thing i just go around to all the different <laughs> podcasts and be like hey do you guys want to talk about co-ops for 40 minutes or something like that and then they'll be like no we were going to talk about like drugs or something i'll be like oh well whatever dragon ball super <laughs> yeah. if you went to uh guantanamo tom i would uh disavow any knowledge of you just so you know that's fine i understand mm. that's what my family tells me too yeah don you should do a herald and kumar go to guantanamo bay though one of the most ridiculous ideas for a sequel ever mm-hmm I like those movies. Those are fun. Even the one where they like hang out with George Bush like or whatever. They, I don't know. They go, they go political with the second Harold and Kumar movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did. Yeah. And and now like, um, I forget which, I guess it would be Kumar's the Indian one. He, he's like a, a big like Democrat lib guy now. Yeah. Um, it, and the other guy, I don't know what he's doing. Math problems or something. Yeah. Well, he he had a show called, uh, I think it was called Selfie or something, or it was something around along those lines. Like wow. it was like, uh, and it, I actually really enjoyed it because it was just so bad. It was just so funny, but uh, it was just so cheesy. But um, yeah, th I, that made me think of another sequel, which is just uh, so a Hot Tub Time Machine Two. Have either either of you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. It's funny, not, not the second one. Mm -hmm. The second one is funny just because. It's like making fun of the idea of having a sequel to it kind of thing. Mm 
Yeah. And that's kind of like what you would, you know, you kind of get that. You're like, okay, well, it is absurd that they would make a sequel to Hop Tub Time Machine. So it is going to be kind of silly that they did this. But they take it like to just such an extreme, absurd, like confusing extent that it's almost like they're just making fun of the audience for showing up. And uh, yeah, I like that's that. what I enjoyed about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was good that way. I don't know. I was yeah. smart. I, like for maybe about 20 or 30 minutes into it, I was like, this is just one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And then as it kept getting worse, I was like, this is actually pretty good. Because uh, it's just, it's punishing me for doing this. So, yeah. Yeah. The the best movie like that, I think, was the Anchorman sequel. Yeah. Th- that was just really, if you just think about all the people that were, like, quoting Anchorman stuff all the time, like, just the most lowest common denominator, like, normie type people who were, like, into that movie. And then the sequel is, is like... It was like dark. I don't really remember much specifically about it, but they were just like old. It was all about them like just being old and like sad and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just thought that was pretty awesome that they really like leaned into that. They didn't actually, they didn't throw a bone at all to people. Like it was just like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this is probably how these people would turn out and it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so let's end on this one. I think this is a very appropriate comment uh, after having had this conversation with you, Goat. Um, it says, a lot of this podcast reminds me of myself. Years ago, I suffered a severe traumatic event that left me with major depression. During this period, I threw myself into books searching me of... for meaning. Sorry, go, go ahead. I was just, why does, this, why does that remind you of me? Go on, sorry. It doesn't remind you of me. Just I think it's appropriate after the conversations we've had. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so during this period, I threw myself into books searching for meaning. I voraciously read religion, politics, philosophy, and economics for a long time. Perhaps two years, I dedicated myself fully to Roman Christianity. And for a while, the major schools of Islam really did almost grab my heart and soul. However, as Malik al-Shabazz brilliantly knew, what is good for the white man is bad for Islam and vice versa. So for eight years now, my soul has found soil in its own blood to dedicate oneself, being European, to the great themes and spiritual practices of the white race is the only road to interior peace. Ours, the most beautiful race, is facing its biggest challenge ever, and we need brave soldiers to reproduce both our kin and our unique and incredible Faustian mindset. So that's a run-on sentence, sir. I think you need to, uh, yeah, throw me a bone here. Throw some periods in there or something. I actually really enjoyed that because uh, at least it wasn't just them yelling at you to, uh, you know, not be a race traitor or whatever they normally say. So, yeah, I don't know. He's evolving. You know, there were there were a bunch of words there instead of just like a few sentences of just screaming or something. So um, normally we have like a Nazi guy or something that writes in and I don't know, there's some sort of Adam Waffen guy or something, too. And I don't know. This uh, this is a. I feel like maybe he's making progress. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I, I like that he, he seems to really kind of get us. You know, this is really what we're all about here. So mm-hmm. I would tell him that uh, being white is not a religious practice, uh, which is good because religion is false. So embrace your whiteness. Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. okay. Thanks, Goat. Um, and thanks for coming on. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely. I enjoy spending time with you guys. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe one time once uh, Justin lets me over the border or something, be able to meet up one day in the far future or something. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I uh, I enjoy the show. I enjoy uh, being invited on, and uh, yes. Okay, guys, if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like a second episode every week, you can subscribe to our Patreon, and you will get that, as well as access to our Discord, where you can chat with us in our local community. If you want to send us a anonymous question, you can do that by going to the Twitter account, which is at EcamlinkPod, and you'll find a Curious Cat link posted there, and you can send in anonymous questions, or like Goat, you can send us a slash fic of Don doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you again next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.